Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. How's everybody doing? Good? All right. As uh, Pastor Karen said, I have the privilege and the honor to, to be a pastor, the pastor out in Holland. And my beautiful wife, Anna, is here with me. Would you please stand up, Anna, and say hi to everybody? Amen. Yeah, so in two days, we will be married for five years. Come on. And we have three kids, the oldest being three years old, so somebody pray for us, please. Uh, We have, you know, Evelyn is our three-year-old, Judah is our one-year-old, and Juliana is two and a half months. So so it is busy, 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 but we love it, and uh, we're just so grateful. It's It's an honor, it's a privilege to be here with you guys today. I'm really excited to share the word with you. Are you guys enjoying this series? Prepared? Yeah? All right. Well, we're going to continue in, in, in this series. It's, this is part three. And uh, we're talking about being prepared. What do we say? When we, what do we mean when we say that? We say how to stand up against the storms of life. Storms being um, really anything that has a threat against your faith in God or even your life. Something that has the potential that can destroy your faith in, in God, in Christ, and even destroy your life. And here's the thing that is, that is, that is very, uh, that we need to know about storms, is that they happen. They come. Would you agree? They come. In, in John chapter 16, verse 33, the Bible says this. It says, these things I have spoken to you, this is Jesus talking, that in me you may have peace. In the world, how many of you guys know we are still in the world? You will. Somebody say Will. You will have tribulation, or in other words, trouble or problems, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I like what it says in Psalms chapter 34, verse 19. It says this. It says, the righteous person may have many troubles. The righteous person, you know what that says that means? That means that you don't have to be a bad person to go through bad things. Have you ever heard the expression, man, why is it that bad stuff happens to good people? You've heard that expression before. But listen, listen to the rest of the scripture here. It it says, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So storms come, problems come, things happen in life that sometimes you don't have control over. And even being righteous, even being right standing with God, even being a Christian, doesn't matter how long you've served God. It doesn't matter if this is the first time, you know, you're barely starting in your relationship with God or if you've been doing it for a long time. It says that the righteous person may have troubles. We will have tribulation. But I want to encourage you today and I want to remind you today that God is faithful. He is faithful, and and, and even though we go through certain things in life, he is is faithful and he is ready to help us. And and, and so we're talking about preparation, and that is the key. That is the difference. Here's the key scripture that Pastor Samuel has been sharing with you, and it's in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 24. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26 says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man 
who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus is telling us here a story about two different people. And most of the things here in this story with the two people that are different, it's different people, same things happened to them, but there was one major difference. And you've heard it, Pastor Samuel has told you, uh, both heard, right, both heard the, the sayings of Jesus, but one of them put it to action, or as he said, putting it, right, putting it, uh, putting the word in, in, in action in your life, and the other one did not. They both took some time to lay a foundation. They both built a house. Uh, the storm came to both houses, but the difference is that one fell and the other one didn't. And we know the answer. We know the reason is because of the foundation. It wasn't because one house was prettier than the other. It wasn't because, you know, one house was, was bigger than the other. Uh, if anyone here is a builder, know very well that the house, the most important thing of the house is the foundation. The, the, the better the foundation, the, the more solid the foundation, the higher you can build, the more you can build, and the longer it's going to last. You can have storms come and, and things happen into in that house or, or whatever it may be. But because of its foundation, because it's solid, because it was founded on something very solid, then you can be sure that that house is not going to fall. And so the difference is the foundation and preparing in that foundation. And here's what I think about when I think about preparation. I think about two things. I think about time and I think about sacrifice. When you're talking about pre preparation, preparing for something, there, there has to be time and sacrifice involved. When you think about somebody who is preparing for a marathon, right? They're training, in other words. They have to take time out of their schedule. Would you agree? In fact, not only do they take time out of this schedule, but they have to sacrifice certain things. You know, I think if, if you want to get to know me a little bit more, you know, if you're asking, man, what is your hobby? I'll tell you one word. My hobby is eat. I like to eat, man. Like that's, I love eating, you know. And so if you're going to run a marathon, you can't eat like you used to eat. You know, you got to sacrifice certain things. Would you agree? You got to let go uh, of fast food and donuts and all the good stuff, right? And so uh, you have to take time and you have to sacrifice. Uh, what about boxing? You ever seen a boxing match? You ever seen like the, the, the before they even get to the match, you know, they show you the exclusive and, you know, following Mayweather or whatever it may be. And the time that they take to prepare for this match, man, it takes time and it takes sacrifice. You know, it, it's something that, that you do because you are preparing for something big. But, but when that day comes, the marathon or the fight or whatever it is that you're preparing for, all the time and all the sacrifice that you put into it is worth it. Because you can say, man, I, I'm ready for this. I, I'm, I, I've been here before. This isn't new to me. I'm not going to gas out because I've already prepared for this. And so there is time and, and sacrifice. And what I want to share with you today as far as being prepared for the storms of life is this, is spending time with your heavenly father. Spending time with God. Spending time with your heavenly father. You see, God desires that we have a personal relationship with him. That is God's heart for you. That is God's desire. And this is something that is, uh, that, that is, is an individual thing. You know, this is something that, that is between you and God. 
And, and any relationship takes time and sacrifice, right? That you take time with God. This is, this is something that goes beyond, you know, a Wednesday service. This is something that goes beyond a Sunday service. This is, this is a lifestyle. You know, this is, you're, you're spending time with your Heavenly Father. This is why. Because when you spend time with God, you get to know God. You get to know who he is. You get to know who he created you to be. You get to know when, whatever it may be. When you're, when you're spending time with God, you are preparing yourself for life. It, it's, it's, it's not only storms, but it's, it's anything that this life may offer or, or whatever it may be that you're going through. Here's something that I, I, I will always remember, and this is this. When you know who you are and when you know whose you are, there's no storm in this life that can knock you down and keep you down. When you know who you are and when you know whose you are, there is nothing in this life. You will go through tribulation. You will go through problem. There will be storms that will come. But when you know who your God is and when you know who you are because of Jesus, because of what he's done for you, there is hardly anything that can knock you down. And even so, because you know who your God is, you can get back up because he is faithful. You know, when I'm talking about spending time with God, you know, you may have an idea. You may have, you know, I don't know if there would be something religious you may think of. But let me just say this. As far as when we're talking about spending time with God, there isn't a, uh, a one-fits-all kind of thing. There isn't this, this is the only way you can do it. There isn't a template. It isn't a cookie-cutter kind of thing. But, but because we are all different, we all have different personalities we learn different. You know, people have different obligations. Uh, some people have uh, children, right? Some people don't. Some people have one child. Some people have a dozen, right? And so, like, the, the obligations, your duties are going to be different. Some people are morning people, and some people are not. And so, as far as spending time with God goes, it, there isn't, like, a template. This is the only way you can do it. But we have to be intentional when it comes to spending time with our Heavenly Father. It's not a one way, but you have to be intentional and do whatever works for you. Do whatever it may be, but do something. So when it comes to spending time with God, it will take some time and it will take sacrifice, but you will know that it will be, it will be worth it. Now, however it may be that you spend time with God, I want to share with you two things that, is a mu that it is a must when we talk about spending time with God. You know, it may be different, it may look different, it may be something in a different time of the day. But there's got to be two things that are a part of you spending time with God. And the first thing is this, is, is prayer. The first thing is prayer. Prayer has to be something, it, this, this is the one ingredient, one of the two, that's got to be involved when, you, when we talk about spending time with God. And when I say prayer, I don't mean that you have to be on your knees all the time with your hands crossed and your eyes closed and, oh, I'm praying to you, God. You know, when, this is what prayer is, okay? Prayer is communication with God. That's what prayer is. You can pray anywhere. You can pray at any time. It is simply communicating with God. Did you know you can talk with God and that he can hear you? This is what communication is. Communication is talking and hearing. It's both. It's talking 
and hearing. So when I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about you are praying to God. You are speaking to God, but you are also hearing from God. And in and, and John chapter 11, verse 40, this is one of my, my favorite portions of Scripture. This is, this is the story when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. It was a great miracle he did. And, and in verse 40 it says this, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And here it is. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I thank you that you always, I know that you always Hear me. I want to tell you tonight, tonight that, that when you speak to God, he hears you. He hears you. He, is, he, is, he has an ear that is waiting just to hear what you have to say. And so Jesus said that before he, he did this great miracle is what he connected with his heavenly father because he had spent time with him. He knew him and he knew already that God, his father, can hear him. So it's not only talking, but it's hearing. And when I say hearing from God, it's not a weird thing, okay? Like, oh, man, you heard from God. Like, God opened up the clouds and he talked to you. Like, man, that's crazy. You know, when I talk about hearing God, it's not a weird thing. Because the truth is that you've been created in God's image. The truth is that we have been created to fellowship with him. That is, that is part of your purpose here in our life is to, is to commune with God, to speak to him and for him to, to be heard by you. In John chapter 10, verse 27, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, he is, he is our pastor. He is called the good shepherd. My sheep, he is talking about his people hear his voice. So it isn't a strange thing. It is, it is something that God intends for us to, to hear. It's his voice. And, and, and many times when we think about hearing God's voice, it's like, well, well I, Daniel, I really never, I don't know much about that. I've never heard that before. I've never heard him. You know, there's, there's two reasons why you might not have heard God's voice or, 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 or maybe don't. And the first one is this, is because simply we are just too busy. You know, would you agree that we live in a busy time in life right now? Would you agree that, I mean, we, we, there are so many things that goes on in our lives. I mean, you got work and you got the kids, you got to take them to school and you got to drop them off and do sports. And then you got to, you know, then your family and everything that you got going on there. And you got a church and everything else, you got to do it again. Not to mention what's going on on Facebook because we all know that's really important, right? We got everything that's going on, on on the news and social media. And I mean, we are just so busy, there's so many things that is just, and we never just take time to just be quiet and, and take time to listen to what he has to say to us. Because the truth is God is always speaking. The only thing that, that, that needs to happen is for us to, to be in a position and to have faith to hear what he's saying. So the first reason you might not be hearing from God is because you're just too busy. And I want to encourage you to just be intentional about it and, and, and take some time aside and, and, and have faith to say, God, what are you speaking to me about? The second reason you might not be hearing God is because simply we are unfamiliar with his voice. And what do I mean by that? I mean, when he speaks to you, you don't recognize it. And that's not a bad thing. 
I want to encourage you that as you continue in your relationship with God, you will eventually grow to say, oh, last time I felt this, last time, and I knew I shouldn't have done it. Have you ever been there when you're like, man, something inside of me said I should do that, I shouldn't do it, and you end up doing it anyways. You're like, ah, I knew I shouldn't have done it, right? Have you been there, or is that just me? Has, ever, yeah. You know, you've been there, and you finally, eventually, you kind of got to pick it up, right? Next time, you're like, I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. Last time I felt this, you know, last time I heard this, it went wrong. So maybe I should take heed. Maybe I should pay attention to it. You know, and eventually, you'll learn how to recognize his voice by spending time with him. You know, uh, with my wife, Anna, we've, I've spent time with her. You know, I, we have spent a lot of time together. And I, I know her voice. I can recognize her voice. We can be in the middle of the mall and there's like a big group of ladies walking by and I can hear her scream my name and I know that's Anna. You know, I don't, she doesn't need to, I don't need to see her face because I know her voice, right? And, and, and we know as kids and, you know, growing up, we knew mama's voice, right? When she called you, when you were playing with, with your friends and she called, Daniel, get in here. I knew by the tone that either the food's ready or I'm going to get a whooping, you know? But I knew that it was mom that was calling me. I didn't have to see her. You know, I didn't have to, to go and say, mom, is that you? No, I knew her voice. And, and likewise, I know, I know my wife's voice. We, we know because we have spent time together. And when you spend time with your heavenly father, when you are intentional, when there's time and there's sacrifice, eventually you, you, you will develop you know, to recognize God's voice because he is speaking and you, he has created you in his image so that he can have a, a relationship with you. And so the first one is prayer. And the second one is this, the word. It is the Bible. This needs to be part of spending time with God. In fact, the word of God is the number one way that God speaks to us. When we open up the scriptures, when we hear and read what he is saying, he is speaking to you. He is not just speaking to, you know, something, some people that lived thousands of years ago, but he is speaking to you. The, the word of God is alive. You know, somebody said, uh, you know, you read any book, but the Bible reads you because it is a mirror. It, it, shows, you, it, it shows you the intentions of your heart. And so we, 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 read, we hear the word in sermons, we hear it, you know, when we come to church, but there's got to be a, a time that you, that you spend with God where you hear him for yourself. And it's not through someone else, but it is directly God speaking to you, revealing the scripture to you, and showing you what he wants to speak to you exactly. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, what does that mean? If you live in my word, if you stay in my word, that means that you're there already. So when the storm comes, you're not running to the word of God because you're already there. You're living there. You're abiding there. It says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, you might say, you know, Daniel, I, I just, I don't have a desire, man. I don't, I don't, I, I, when I read, I don't understand. I don't, I don't hear what God's saying. You just have to abide in his word. You continue in his word. Don't give up. You stay there. You know, if you, how many guys know that if you are, you have a craving for something, that craving, that craving you have was, was developed, you know. You, you keep eating a specific food and your body, like, and, uh, eventually it craves that. 
And so you make this craving for yourself. You, you stay in God's word and eventually, you know, you're going to have that desire. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. What is spiritual milk? Spiritual milk are the scriptures. Spiritual milk is the word of God. It says, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. We got a two-month at home. Let me tell you something. She craves milk. And, and when she wants milk, everybody knows about it. It doesn't matter what time. I mean, we could be sleeping. It can be our time. But when she craves milk, we got to give her some milk, you know. And it says, just like a newborn baby, just like that two-month-old hound, just like that, you got to crave that milk. The scripture, you got to crave the word of God because it says this. It says, by it you may grow up in your salvation. You know that God never intends you to be and stay where you're at. He intends for you to grow. He intends for you to eventually get over that hump, to eventually overcome whatever it is that may be holding you back. And you do it by the word of God. You do it by craving it. You do it by allowing him to speak to you. You know, it is, the word is not just a, a book, but it is his diary to you. How many of you husbands would have loved to see your wife's diary before you got married? It might have helped you out a little bit. You might have, you know, not put your foot in your mouth a couple, three times, right? Because why? Because you get to know somebody by their words, by what they say. You know, their heart is poured out in that diary. That is God. God pours out his, his heart. He pours out who he is and his plans for you in the word of God. And he intends for us to, to get that diary and to get to know him, to know his character, to know his heart, and to know who you were created to be. In John chapter 17, verse 3, it says this. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You know that eternal life isn't just going to heaven? That is, that is definitely part of it, and we are so grateful for that. But eternal life is more than that. Eternal life is knowing God. Is spending time with him and getting to know who he is, getting to know his heart and being able to hear what he has to say to you. You know, in the Old Testament, God had to remind the, the people of Israel so many times. You know, they were walking, they were encamping, and, and there would be a threat to the people of Israel. You know, there would be an army that rises up against them and they would freak out, God, God, God. And God had to say this, don't you remember that I am your God, the one who took you out of Egypt? Don't you remember that I, it was me that opened up the waters of the sea so that you can walk and drag around? Don't you remember who I am? Because they were not able to, to get to know him the way now you and I can because of what Jesus has done for us. You know, it is a different ballgame now because of what Jesus has done. Now you and I have access to his presence whenever we please. It is preparation Preparation it is the difference between what, how we respond to the storm. You know, my family and I went through a storm uh, about a little over a year ago. And uh, we, you know, we had Evelyn already. Uh, she was two. And we were pregnant with my son Judah. And in the pregnancy, they discovered that my son Judah uh, had two defects in his heart. And it, and it hit us hard, man. We were like... What do we do? Well, because we had spent some time with God, we ran to God. We ran to our Father and we prayed. 
And, and Judah, you know, came in May of last year. And, you know, we were, we were waiting for the best. We were waiting to hear the good report. But instead of hearing something that was good, we heard that not only does he have two heart defects, but he has two more. So he has a total of four heart defects. And now this problem that was hard has now become close to impossible. And so we were in a storm. And, and it hit us hard. And, 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 and just for a, a slight second, we didn't know what to do. And, and, you know, praise God that after the delivery, everything went well with the delivery. But after living for a few days, they had to operate on him. And they had to do surgery in his little heart. He was just over five pounds, five and a half pounds. And uh, even after that surgery, it went well. But it wasn't just one storm, man. It was like, it was like hurricane season in our life. It was storm after storm after storm because not only was it after the surgery that, you know, the surgery went well, but after the surgery, his organs began to fail because, you know, your heart is, is, is the most important. You know, it is, it is the most important organ. It, it provides blood. It provides oxygen to the rest of your organs. And if I, learned, I learned so much during this whole time that if, if your heart isn't supplying enough blood, then your organs were shut down. But if your heart is supplying too much blood, then your organs will shut down. There's got to be a specific amount. It's got to be exactly what your organs need. And in Judah's case, it was too much. They tried to repair something, and it was kind of a trial and error kind of thing because you just don't know exactly with a baby this size. And so after the operation, even though it went well, his organs began to shut down because it was too much blood or too much blood coming to his organs. So his kidneys shut down, his liver began to shut down. You know, he was alive and we were so grateful, but now we're facing these things. And, and, and now, you know, he's got a, an infection in his stomach. In fact, I got a picture that I want to show you. And I'm sorry if this is, you know, too hard to see, but I want you to know that, you know, some of the storm that we went through, that, it, you know, if I had not spent time with God, if I had not known who my God was, I wouldn't know that it was God's will to heal him. I wouldn't know what to do. If we didn't know who our God was, we wouldn't know that we can speak to him, that we can hear from him, that we can get direction from him. And it was hard. It was, it was very hard. It was hard to see him. It was hard to be, you know, his father and not be able to do something for him immediately. You know, we had to, we had to believe God. We had to trust God. And eventually his, 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 everything started to get going. You know, he started to work with dialysis and his kidneys started to come back. And everything's looking great. And out of nowhere, he goes into cardiac arrest. Storm after storm after storm after storm. But what did we do? We went to the place that was familiar. We had spent time before with our Heavenly Father. We, we, we had spent time in the Scripture. What does he say? What does Jesus say? Those who hear this word and put them to practice. How would we know what to put to practice if we're not hearing that word? How would I know that, that it is God's will to heal? How would I know that, that, that God is faithful? How would I know that even though I don't see it right away, that I can still hold on to hope and I can still believe God for life? How would I know that if I wouldn't have spent time with him? You see, God desires to spend time with you because, because he will show you who he is and he will show you who you are and what you can do. I want to show you what Judah looks like today because I can't show you that picture without showing you this.
And I give all the glory to God. I give him all the praise because, because God is faithful, man. God is so faithful. This was an attack. This was an attack on our faith. This was an attack on our family. This was an attack on, on us so much that we could have lost it had we not known who God was, had we not known what to do. And so I want to remind you today, I want to encourage you today, I want to tell you today that, that when you're spending time with your Heavenly Father, it is never in vain. And you might be like, man, this is foreign to me. This is Chinese to me. But you just keep at it. You just keep going. You just take a little bit of time. It doesn't have to be, you know, your whole day on your knee. It's just, just he wants to hear your voice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal things to you because he loves you and he has the best in store for you. Do you agree with that? Amen. I want to pray. I want to pray for you guys. And I would just ask that you close your eyes and you would bow your head. Just want you to open your heart to, to what God is saying to you and speaking to you and, and just reminding you that we do go through storms and that's okay. But when you are prepared, when you have spent time with him, when you know him, it doesn't matter what storm you may face. He is faithful. And I don't know what you may be going through in life, but let me just encourage you and let me remind you that, that God is a God of love. He is a powerful God. He is the God of impossibilities. Even when they say that it is, it is done, there's no hope, you got to get, get a hold of a better report, and that is the word of God. You know, we received a lot of facts about what was going on. We received a lot of things. It was a fact. It was a fact that he was sick. But you know what? The truth will always trump the facts, and that is the word of God. And so I want to pray with you. Father, we, I just thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share this, Lord. And I, I, I thank you for everybody here, Lord. I ask that you would bless them, God, that you would speak to them. Lord, that you would encourage them, Father, that when they spend time with you, they will hear from you. And you will hear from them, God, that as they read your word, God, that the scriptures will, be, will come alive to them, God. That they will desire it, God, just like a newborn baby desires milk, God. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for the relationship we have with you. I thank you for the access because of Jesus to speak to you, to hear from you. Now, you may be here today, and you're saying, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I really don't know. I don't know if I have peace with God. I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I have that access. I want to tell you that God loves you and that he made it available by sending his son Jesus for you to have access into his presence. You know, if that's you, if you say, you know, I'm not sure if I have a relationship with God, or maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know, Daniel, before I used to, I used to serve God before, man. I used to live for God, but I've just, I've fallen back, and I, I haven't served God in a long time. Let me tell you something. God is saying, come back home. It is not too late as long as you are here, as long as you are living. It is not too late to get right with God. If that's you, I just want to recognize you. I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask that after I count to three that you would just slip up your hand so that I can pray with you. I want to make sure that you don't leave this place without having this opportunity, without, without being able to have an encounter with God, to have the help that you really need. One, you're saying, Pastor Daniel, I want Jesus.
I need help. And I know that he is the one that I need the help from. You're saying, too, you're saying, I don't know if I'm right with God, but I want to be right with God. I no longer want to live for myself, but I want to live for something greater. I want to leave a legacy. I want to have an impact. I don't want storms to, to take over my life, but I want to be an overcomer. And three, if that's you, would you just please raise your hand. You say, I want Jesus. I want, I want to have a relationship with God. Would you just slip it up really high so I can see? If that's you, you say, I want, I want a relationship with Jesus. God bless you. I see your hand, brother. Is there anybody else that say, I want this relationship. I want to know who God is. And I want to know who he created me to be. Anybody else? God bless you, man. I see your hand over there. God bless you. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to all pray together. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you shall be saved. You can be saved today. You can know that you are right with God today by just believing. We're going to pray together, but I, whatever we pray, what we pray, I want you to believe it in your heart for yourself. Let's pray this together, church. Let's say, oh God, I believe that you've loved me and that you sent Jesus for me. To take my place and to pay the price that I owe. And Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And that you rose on the third day. And I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. Come rule and reign in my life. Come change me and make me new. And from this day on. I will live for you, part of your family, on my way to heaven, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.